All right, guys, Eric Balzini with 95 Sports. Going to be getting into another PGA DFS video, or should I say DP Tour event. Uh, we have the Scottish Open here, which is going to be kind of a co-sanctioned event by the PGA Tour and the DP Tour. With that, we are seeing one of the better fields uh, this season for the PGA Tour. It's a pretty exciting event. So overall, I'm looking forward to this event. And because of that as well, um, or due to that, part of that is going to be the fact that we've been collecting the DP Tour uh, data as well. So we're going to have some really strong DP Tour plays that we know just based off the data and whatnot, that they're going to be strong plays that we can go out and play. So I'm excited to get that out to you guys as well. Uh, just a quick recap of last week. It was a week in which I guess was due uh, after, for me personally, handicapping. Um, I did not have that good of a week. And really, it just came down to Webb Simpson, Adam Hadwin, and maybe this was a thought. It's like maybe they kind of thought they were too good of players to be playing in the John Deere Classic. They weren't as mentally sharp as they needed to be. But that was kind of the worry with Webb is that he really hasn't been bringing his, his great game this season thus far and Adam Hadman just had a bad round that's really what it comes down to with Adam Hadman we saw a lot of other great players uh that rated out well go on and do well heck JT Poston won he was the fifth most likely to win um for me personally I had John Hutt and Nate Lashley make some costly mistakes to miss the cut on the number that was unfortunate um on 18 John Hutt terrible drive uh ended up bogeying Nate Lashley actually had a double bogey on 18 as well uh Thursday morning and you know they missed the cut on the number uh you look at some other plays Mark Harbour did really well. Scott Stallings did really well. Charles Howell did exactly what we thought he would do. Uh, Denny McCarthy was kind of more of a hit or miss play. You know, the path was there to have a good week. Um, like Colin Tarnan as well. Um, he's been a value play that I've liked a lot. Vaughn Taylor was there. Uh, we look at some showdown picks like round two and round three. The top rated player for the showdown had the low round score of the day. So, you know, the path to have a good week was there. Unfortunately, I just did not find it. And like I said, it was one of those weeks in which it was definitely due um, after a bunch of months of everything adding up to be, you know, really solid. So personally, I'm relieved that that happened for me because it kind of gets stressful having like good week after good week after good week because at, at some point, you know, the ball's going to drop and I'm, you know, it finally happened. I'm kind of glad it happened before a major and kind of at the John Deere Classic, which is kind of an event that you can attack and have a good week, but also it's a week in which people know to kind of, you know, back off a little bit. So Personally, I was kind of happy for that, but let's get into the Scottish Open. I'm I'm excited to touch on this one. All right, so just looking at it, here is what we're looking at. So the weather right now, it's projected to be bad. We'll have to wait and see. We might have to adjust that, okay? The style, of course, it's going to be a Lynx-style course, and really what it comes down to for DP Tour events is typically TPC-style event, um, Heathland-style event, Parkland event, or Lynx-style event. Now, Heathland and Lynx-style courses are kind of very similar, Um but this one is not. This one is very much through and through a link style course. So that's nice that we have it. Normal scoring event. And that's kind of what I want to point out as well is that we saw this tournament. It's not like an easy tournament to score in, but it's not like hard as well. So I just want to point that out. Length, the length is normal, but I do want to call it that it is a par 71 and it does have four par fives. The nice thing about this tournament as well is that we are going to have course history to go off of. This is going to be the fourth straight year in which the Scottish Open has been played at the same location. Okay, which is nice. We are also pulling in the 2018 Scottish Open, which was a different course, um, but still, still a Scottish Open. Someone will play the same. I kind of just want to pull that in to see what players had played well um, in Scotland. So just want to throw out there. And then key stat-wise. So just looking at the past three results at this course, we were able to determine that strokes gain total. Obviously, we're looking at that. The funny thing about strokes gain total, though, is that Hao Tong Lee finished third in strokes gain total last year and won. That's because he was tied with two other golfers 
um, for a playoff, he ended up winning, which is it's just kind of interesting. So it's not always the golfer that ranks first and struggles in total wins. Uh, just, just interesting there. Uh, we do see par 5 scoring. Once again, it is a par 71 course. Uh, and with that, we see par 5 scoring actually be like the most significant thing. And I think that's because um, the fact of birdie to bogey ratio that uh, birdie to bogey ratio stat is also an, uh, a stat that pops up as well. Pretty much golfers that are making mistakes uh, and not able to capitalize on the par fives, they're just not going to play well. And then from there, strokes gain tee to green, kind of just a general thing that we're looking at. And then strokes gain putting did pop up a little bit. You could also look at strokes gain approach, which I am looking at as well. Uh, but really, that's it. I thought ball striking total driving would be popping up a little bit more. Um, one of the years, strokes gain or strokes gain around the green popped up a little bit more than the other two. You know, we just have to wait and see. Um, well, we can't wait and see, but like that's just something that I typically don't like to include, and that's already included in strokes gain tee to green and strokes gain total. So it's kind of redundant to do that when it, it didn't exactly pop up as much as the other stats. Um, but just looking at it, guys, we're going to get into the top four picks in each price point tier. So um, the interesting thing about this week is that we have a bunch of golfers coming off of a victory that would be good plays. So like we could make a strong build with like Matt Fitzpatrick, Xander Schauffele, uh, both coming off of a victory. Both have played this course well in the past. Um, let's keep going. Um, one was the DP Tour guy, Adrian. He just won last week. He had been in great recent form. Uh, ranks out top 16 in the field in recent form rank. Uh, we go down to Ha Tong Lee as well. Uh, if you want to throw in like Padraig Harrington, who's coming off of a uh, Champions Tour win, um, you could do that as well. So, I mean, there's a bunch of like um, winners in this event from their previous events. So that kind of makes it more difficult. I will say like, I do love like Matt Fitzpatrick, Xander Schauffele. If you guys want to play them, you can. I probably will play them as well. Obviously, they rank out sixth and fourth in the nine to five mile. Matt Fitzpatrick has dominated this course. He was one of those players that lost in a playoff to, uh, I think it was Hao Tong Lee last year. You know, if you guys want to do that, you can. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Coming off of a victory, um, I'm not sure what I want to do with him just yet. Same thing with Xander. Like, Xander, great play for this tournament. But really, for me, it's like, why would I play Xander when, once again, we can get a discounted price for Patrick Cantley? Patrick Cantley, is that a great price one, guys? I just, I don't really get it. Doesn't have any course history, and maybe that's the reason. Recent form rank could be a little bit better as well. I'll pull up his recent form here for you guys. So, we look at his recent form. We'll pull up recent form one, recent form two, three, four. You know, you just go down there. Uh, the problem with Patrick Hanley is the course history. Um, and I guess the fact that he was in contention to win a tournament in his last tournament and kind of fumbled down the stretch. Still finished top 13, which he's done that a bunch now. 13th, 14th, third, miscut, first, second, 39th. So, like, the recent form has been there for him. Pretty good stat fit. Uh, really strong specialist. He ranks out seventh best in the field specialist-wise. Uh, and then third best pick in the nine to five mile. Really, he should be able to make the cut. I do love the price point for him. He should be a safe play, but also gives you a top 20 play. But the problem with him as a play is kind of the theme for this tournament is that we're not going to have that many players checking all the boxes and all the players that are checking all the boxes. Um, once again, checking all the boxes is going to be a golfer that has great course history, great recent form, great staff fit. And preferably, I want to see at least a top 30 finish at that course. And preferably, I want to see at least three make cuts in a row with a top 30 finish as well. And that is basically everyone right here, okay? And that is the problem with this week. It's like, you can't play all of them. I will say I do really like JT this week. JT, to me, is going to be a core play, guys. JT, strong course history, strong recent form, 
37th, third, miscut first, fifth, 35th, eighth. You know, that's all good stuff there from JT. Obviously, he kind of took this week off after winning a major, kind of expected there. Uh, so we can kind of give him a pass there. Let's pull up course history real quick, just so you guys can see it. All right, so course history-wise, he's finished eighth and ninth at this event. So typically speaking, this event is going to be the event before the Open Championship, and he has played really well at this event. So I'm not saying we can lock in the top 10 finish, but it does seem like he's going to be mentally focused to play well at this course and at this tournament. So that is something that is really intriguing to me. That's something that should be intriguing to you as well. To me, he's a great play. It does make sense for him to be a core play. After that, I, I do like the idea of going with Sam Burns, just with the caveat that, guys, he is a GPP-only play. I want to make that established right now. He is the same play that he's been really the whole year. It's not going to be shocking if he misses the cut, okay? He's coming off of a miscut in his last event. But that's kind of just been Sam Burns this whole year. It's like you can't trust him in cash, but he has that upside to go out and win. He, he does. Uh, this is a course that really fits his game, as we can see. Seventh best staff in the field. Uh, recent form rank. 22nd okay but if we're if we're doing that uh, the new kind of win rank stat that I, I came out with it's kind of just part of the measure is looking at golfers that when they make the cut what is their upside Sam Burns is a golfer it's pretty much the Sam Burns rule and that's part of the reason why JT Poston was a top five pick uh, for win rank um, Sam Burns is kind of the reason I made that tool it's the Sam Burns tool guys miscut last week wouldn't be shocking if he was able to go uh, you know, top five finish. I mean, we've seen that a bunch with him this season. At falling off of a bad start, he can able, he can be able to go out and you know, top ten, top twenty. So at that price point, I do think it's going to be worth the risk for you. It's just whether or not you see that uh, to be true as well. Uh, after that, like guys, I feel like I'm just forcing stuff. Um, really, to me, I think you could make a solid studs and duds build this week, and I, that might be the approach I go with because you know, Sun Jam, I do really like as a play, um, key stat wise. Let's look at it. So, strokes in total, he ranks 20th in the field. Um, par 5 scoring ranks 5th in the field. Uh, effective birdie to bugger ratio ranks 5th in the field. Strokes gain uh, T to green, 13th in the field. You know, pretty good stuff there from Sun JM. Uh, so, overall, top 5 staff in the field. Recent form wise, he's coming off of that miscut on the number. Remember that miscut where he was just too cheap to fade? Well, now he's properly priced this week. Thank goodness. Um, this is honestly what he should have been priced at. Uh, in, in that miscut, but just the interesting play. I do think he, you know, he makes some sense in some GPPs. That is a player that I think you could go out and play. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I do want to pull up as well. Ranks out top 10 in the nine to five mile this week. And once again, guys, the theme is that a lot of these golfers that are strong plays just don't have that course history, but he is a strong staff at strong specialist. Uh, recent form could be a little bit better coming off of that miscut. That's the worry with him, but still a pretty good play. We look at some like Ryan Fox, Ryan Fox. I do really like as a play. We don't have his pitcher pulled up, unfortunately. Um, that's part of the problem with the DP tour is that there's some weird things um, trying to pull in data for it, but whatever. Um, the problem with Ryan Fox is we do have course history, but it's a 44th and then two missed cuts at this course. Now, he did finish sixth at the, the other course for the Scottish Open in 2018. You know, if you want to take that as like a good thing, you can. What, what you'd be playing uh, Ryan Fox for is the fact that Strong staff it, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a second, but really good recent form, guys. He has just been a top 10 machine. Uh, so he finished second, miscut, third, tied for first. Uh, he's a guy that has just been playing really well this season. Um, 
and, and like he is one of those golfers where if you look at Adrian, I don't want to butcher his last name, but the guy that won last week for the Ireland Open, he was a golfer that was due for a win. Okay. You could look at kind of JT Post in, in that field. You could say he was due for a win. Uh, Xander Shoffley, Matt Fitzpatrick, the last few winners on the PGA Tour, due for wins. Okay. And that would be the theme with Ryan Fox this week is that he has been putting himself in contention to win. And it really would not be shocking to see that come together. And he is, you know, top 16 specialist in the field. Uh, you know, just a strong play across the board. I do want to kind of just mention most of his key stats that we're pulling in are going to be from the DP tour. Okay. And I don't, I don't adjust that just yet. I haven't figured out a good like equation to do that, to adjust like DP tour starts um, compared to the PGA tour because everything I did, it kind of skews the data too much towards the PGA tour. And, you know, we'll see, maybe I find something, maybe I don't, but you know, is he a top three staff in the field? Probably not. You know, he's probably more or less like a top 13 staff in the field. Whether you want to adjust for that, you can, if he's a top 13 staff in the field, maybe he's a top 12 pick in the nine to five mile. Same thing you do with recent form. Like if, if you want to discount what he's done on the DP tour, Maybe he's not fifth in recent form. Maybe he's 15th in recent form, and then he's only a top 15 pick in the 95 mile. Still, this is a DP tour course. You know, he should play well. And after that, I do want to mention like golfers like Tommy Fleetwood, Corey Connors, Billy Orschel, Cameron Young, Max Holm. I mean, there is a theme right here, guys. Like this is where it's very difficult. This is where any one of these golfers could have a good week and it would not be shocking at all. Uh, Billy Orschel has played well on the DP tour in the past. Um, Coming off of a victory three starts ago, uh, Cameron Young has been a very strong hit or miss player this whole year. Corey Connors, I do like, um, but you know he's coming off of a miscut. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, recent form is okay. Uh, he's been a cut maker this season. Has played really well at this tournament as well. He is someone that lost in the playoff two years ago at this tournament. So it, it, it's like uh, they're all the same play. So like I kind of just, it's tough to find which player to play. And I kind of just default to who's ever cheaper. Max Homa, really strong staff at actually top five in the field. Second best. Recent form rank, sixth best. I think he's going to be a great play. I think he's going to find a way to make the cut. 8K, that's a really cheap price tag. But, like, it, you're just not confident with it. This is where it's like gambling. This is where we're taking some risks. Keegan Bradley ranks up really well. Like, it, it does get difficult. But for me, I'm going to be going, see... Adrian here. Like, what do we do with him? And once again, I'm just not going to butcher his last name. Um, guy has been a top 10 machine. I think like half of his starts on the DP tour have been top 10 finishes. Okay. Finished 59th at this event last year. So I love that as well. Key stat wise, pretty good stat fit. Um, something I like to see eighth and par five scoring in the field. <laughs> Spectacular. Like he should play well. Uh, we look at recent form first, third, sixth, miscut, and then just a bunch of strong finishes after that as well. Like he's pretty cheap. If he wasn't coming off of a victory, I think he'd be a much better play. And this is interesting. Like I don't get why he's priced as low and Ryan Fox is priced as high as he is. Is it literally just because he's coming off of a victory that they're kind of just naturally discounting him? I don't know. That's strange to me. Uh, that's going to be for you guys to decide what to do with him, but I do like him as a play. And then from there, we're just going to go lower because there's not that many players that are standing out to me. Like, sure, HP3 makes sense. Sebastian Munoz makes sense. Um, I expect those golfers to make the cut. Chris Kirk, actually a decent play. But I do really like someone like Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye 
won this event two years ago, made the cut the year after that. Been in pretty good recent form, coming off of a top 10 finish. He had a 40th, 13th, 26th, uh, 68th, 46th, 67th, 24th, 7th. Like he has just been having these great starts. And for me, at this price point, it feels weird to say, especially when he's only ranking out as the 59th pick in the 95 mile. I think he's a core play. Um, I like the price point. I love the course history. Um, stat rank could be a little bit better, but he's a golfer that has played well at this course in the past, has strong recent form, enough for me. Um, you know, top 20 in the field at this price point at 7.4. That's highly intriguing to me. We can see 35th, first, miscut, ninth at the past four Scottish Opens. That to me is highly intriguing to someone that, you know, is definitely at a cheap price point. And it seems weird to say. Uh, Jordan L. Smith, just want to call this out for nine to five members and whatnot. I'm going to try to get this updated. I know why it's not pulling in the data form. It's because of the L. Smith, um, DK, DP Tour, PGA Tour. They all have different ways to spell certain players' names, which does make it hard for data. Um, obviously, with the DP Tour not being as uh, data intensive as I have for the PGA Tour, I just missed that. So I'll go ahead and correct that um, sometime this week. Uh, same thing with Hao Tong Lee. I, I don't think the dash is in there, but I'll have to go through and correct that. Just so you guys know, I want to call that out. Um, after that, I do want to look at someone like Harris English, and this is a very risky play. Very risky play. If he's healthy, and that's the caveat, and it does suggest, his recent form would suggest that, he had the miscut in his first event, which, you know, wasn't terrible. I was actually shocked at, like, how decent he played. Uh, made the cut at the U.S. Open, then fell off on the weekend, and then a 20th place finish when he was defending his title. He could be a very strong play this week. He could be, like, at this price point, 7.1, if he goes out in top 30s, you know, if he's back, he should be able to top 30. Like, if he's back, this should be a good course for him because he's not someone that makes many mistakes. He's able to get the putter going. He's going to take advantage of par fives. Like, he just plays golf kind of the correct way. So, if he is back, definitely a cheap price tag. Thomas Dietrich, another one of those golfers that he um, lost in the playoff last year but has great course history. The problem with him is going to be his kind of recent form. He has made three straight cuts in a row, so I do like that. Does rank out, you know, top 47 in the 95 mile. That's good enough for me. It's just like, do you want to go with him? You can if you want to. We'll have to wait and see. Aguarto Molinari. I don't know why I did that. I apologize. I always do that with Francesco Molinari. Uh, stupid. But course history-wise, I'm going to pull him up here on the player profile. Now, yes, we don't add this stuff for him, but whatever. Once again, DP Tour stuff. Recent form-wise has been pretty good, and that's what's intriguing to me. Uh, 24th, 21st, 5th, 37th, 9th, 36th, 6th, 35th. Over his past eight starts, that's really good there for Aguarto Molinari. Once again, I don't know why I did that. I apologize. Uh, we'll just look at his course history. So, course history-wise, 18th, 49th, 34th, miscut. Like, that's whatever. That's fine. Just to me, a pretty good, like, player to make the cut here. Uh, three straight years at this course and to be in you know, pretty good recent form, top 20 in the field, you know, that's good enough for me. And for what it's worth, a strong specialist. Like to me at this price point, it, it's kind of just the correct play, which does worry me to be honest with you, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, Matthew Naismith, eight straight make cuts in a row. I do like him as a pick. If you guys want to roll with him, you can. Uh, but from there, we're just going to dip down into kind of the value tier. Alexander Bajorn. To me, kind of at this price point, once again, he is kind of a core play to me. Recent form-wise, I'm going to pull it up. Just look at his past, whatever, seven starts or so. 
Uh, we can see last four starts have been really good. Had a miscut, uh, 33rd place finish. Uh, let's go back further. Miscut, and then I think it just gets really good from there. So, yeah, I mean, we have, what, two missed cuts here over the past 13 starts, and basically all the other finishes were top 25 or better finishes from Bajornik, uh, for a golfer that has made the cut here as well uh, four straight times with the 26th, 19th place finish over the last two years. Now, he's not a good stat fit, decent specialist, ranks out 32nd in the 95 model. Like, that to me is highly intriguing uh, for a golfer at this price point. Like, to me, Molinari, Aguardo, and Bajornk are two of the better like DP tour players and their value plays. And that's kind of my problem with that mid tier that I was talking about is like, you could play these golfers down here and give yourself a pretty good chance at a made cut. And if the guys on the top end hit like they're supposed to, <laughs> I, yeah, it gave me flashbacks to last week with uh, Webb Simpson and Adam Hadwin. I had a lot of good builds with the lower end. Okay guys, it was so frustrating. Uh, I had some like Mark Hubbard, uh, Vaughn Taylor or Mark Harbert, uh, Tarin, uh, just like some weird one-offs like that, where if the, if the high tier players go out and produce like they're supposed to, it would have been a, a solid week. And that was, that was frustrating to me. Uh, it really was, but you know, it kind of is what it is. I will say my best lineup and it actually scored the best last week or close to scoring the best. I think it was, it had, uh, Taylor Pendrith which was unfortunate. I should mention too, the, the ownership leverage tool was really helpful last week. Um, just given the fact that like someone like Adam Shank was way overowned, uh, which told us to avoid him. Uh, Jason day. I, I do want to touch on this real quick. It was kind of funny. I saw some people say like Jason day was, was a leverage play last week, which I'm like, I'm looking at the data. I'm like, was he a leverage play? Like, let's look at this. I'm like, no, he was actually like still one of the worst plays, even at like 5% projected ownership. So it's funny to me that like some people in the DFS community were actually saying he was a leverage play. What the data said, uh-uh, don't do that. And we saw some like Christian Bazuna was like the the one of the top five leverage plays. Um, Danny McCarthy was like a strong leverage play. A bunch of these golfers that were good leverage plays actually went on and produced. So it's kind of funny to hear that. People like mad. Oh, I played Jason Day because of leverage. I'm like, Yes, I get what you're going getting at. Like he is at a bad ownership, but the whole point of that ownership leverage tool is to call out players that are uh, overowned that shouldn't be, and it kind of just measures the player based off of their price point and how they're projected to do. And it was just funny to see Jason Day get that that kind of love, I guess, from the community. Um, from there, you know, there's some okay plays that you can go with, like John Catlin. Uh, he's been playing better on the DP tour. Uh, missed two straight cuts here at this tournament. Like, I don't think you have to force that. And then from there, it, it's not getting pretty. Uh, Camp Pillow was kind of surprising to me when I first was like looking at the DK pricing without looking at course history. I was like, oh, this could be a, a strong kind of value play to go with. Um, it's not. Uh, you know, three straight missed cuts at that course. That's enough to tell me that he just doesn't like this course. Um, you know, you could play him if you want to. I, I don't think I'm going to. You know, there's some okay plays uh, down here, but no no one that's really standing out to me too much. Um, I will say Kale Samoch. I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm butchering that. I, I know I am. Interesting play. So he had this insane comeback win four starts ago. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it was like this guy shot like a minus nine on a hard scoring track to go out and win. Like he shot the winning score plus a couple of strokes on the final round. It was insane. He won, and then since then hasn't been playing as well. But he's kind of been this hit-or-miss golfer this season. 
And we can kind of say that course history-wise as well. Miscut, 9th, 20th. Like, it wouldn't be shocking to see him make the cut. He kind of ranks out as someone that should be right around a made cut. Uh, Mauricio, I don't hate. Like, we're just getting down into a, a weird section here. Uh, let's see if I can do a first-look build for you, and then I'm going to be getting out of here. Um, just real quick, like, should I do a Barbasol Championship um, content? I was, I was wondering about that. I, I wish DraftKings would come out with that stuff. I don't, I don't really get why they don't. They have to change their formula a little bit. Oh, well, like, come on. Be better than that. I, I don't know. That just always has bothered me. I, I think I will come out with, like, betting picks for it. Uh, I'm just deciding whether or not I want to make a dedicated video for it. I got to decide that. But just looking at it. So, touching on the players that I think are just standout plays, given their price point. Patrick Hanley, strong play at his price point. A little bit cheaper than Xander. We don't have to worry about, like, the hangover effect from the victory. Um, you know, if you guys believe in that or not, that's up to you. Um, from there, I do like Aaron Rye as price point. 7.4, great price point. Then we can go with the two value plays that I touched on here. Molinari, well, I guess he's 7K. Not technically a value. I apologize. Decent play, though. And then let's find him. 6.7, Bajorn. So we can see, like, already not, like, great, but we do have a lot of salary left over to potentially make a really strong build. So let's see what we can do here. Like, so much money left over that you can afford to pay up for, I don't know, say John Rahm if you want. Like, I love JT. I would go with JT. You go with, you really make any strong build work. So really not a terrible build, but we can see the 6 for 6% chance is going to be much lower this week. Um, which is a little bit surprising, but that's that's kind of the theme with DP Tour players is that they really have some, their form isn't ever as good as PGA Tour players, their consistency isn't, and so maybe that's just something you monitor. But JT, to me, a core play, I love him. Uh, Aaron Rye, strong play, should make the cut. You know, this is a pretty good build as a whole. So, you know, it's kind of what, what you guys want to do with, with the build. That's going to be up for you guys to decide, but I do want to say like Jordan L. Smith, you could roll with as well. Real quick, I just want to see what this looks like, if we can fit them in there. Not bad, not bad. You know what, real quick, let's just, let's just do a um, recent winner's build. So Fitzpatrick, Xander. Um, we'll go with Adrian. Tong Lee I would throw in there, and Patrick Cantley, or, uh, and Patrick Harrington I would as well, but like not a terrible start to this build if we're going with just recent winners. Uh, it, I might just throw it out there just because I think it could be interesting to do. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know what? Real quick, guys. You know, let's just let's just make a. No, that's fine. I was gonna say let's let's uh, use the lineup optimizer and make one. I'll say that for a different video. But that's all I have for you guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please give me a like, subscribe. I do appreciate that. If you guys want to join Nine to Five Nation, the best value in PGA DFS, ten dollars a month gets you access to all these tools. And really, I do that for you guys. Um, it it's something that I kind of like value the most, um, especially when I was starting out in DFS. It's that. You kind of understand to like gain edge, um, to have all these like tools available. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay a little bit of a membership, but there's like forty dollars a month, eighty dollars a month, you know, like fifty dollars a month memberships out there. And I'm like, oh boy, like that. There's just no point in that. Um, and so like when I decided to start making content, start making tools, um, and I kind of decided to go the membership route, I was like, I can't, I can't make people pay like $20 for this advice. Like 
yeah, sure. At this point with the tools and the data that I've going, like it should, I should probably be pricing it with the market, but like, really I'm doing this for you guys. If I could do it for free, I would love to. Um, but obviously that's not sustainable or anything like that. So like $10 a month gives you access to all these tools that are going to help you cash. It's like really the slight edges or the big edges. Um, really it's, it's kind of however you see fit, but if you guys want to join $10 a month. Um, I'll see you in there if you do. All right, let's have a good Scottish Open. Let's have that bounce back week. Um, and heck, even some members last week were able to take down some GPPs, just having kind of the right um, combinations there um, and like smaller single entry contests. So that was awesome to see. But let's have a good week this week, guys. All right, thanks for watching. And as always, let's keep cashing.